You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Almighty and merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I stand before you humbled, Lord. I surrender my tongue to you. May you bridle it, may you rudder it, may it speak the words that you will for it to speak. I am yours, Lord. Use me for the benefit of your kingdom. It is in your name that I ask for these prayers in this way, Lord Jesus. Amen. We don't have a lot of time. So this is going to be pull your belts tight because we're going for a ride real quick through this. I would love to share with you the fullness of the experience that I have, but that's not what I believe God has intended for today. So Monday morning, I got a phone call, and the person on the other end of the phone said, Hey, brother, that would be Ham. He said, Listen, he said, I, was, I preached last week on money, and this coming Sunday, again, the gospel points to this subject. They already heard me. How about you do this one so that they can hear from a different perspective. The incredible thing is that you're going to see a lot of similarity, a lot of things side by side. Because even though pastors' historical experiences are different than mine, God brings us to the same conclusion. We just take a little bit different route. So I need to start by explaining how my historical experiences prompted me to make decisions that I had made early on. I come from a family of five kids, mom and dad, plus the five. 700 square foot house. Yeah. Things were a little... You know what, though? The one thing I didn't share with the other people, it was a fun place to live. But you had to walk into that house like you were in the military. You opened the door. You didn't walk right in because someone would be standing along the side ready to give you a shot. It was a great environment to live there. We were that close of a family. But one of the things that happened in that household, too, was the fact that my parents didn't have a lot of money. And we would get one shirt and one pair of pants a year. And the rest of the clothes were hand-me-downs. Which... You know, sometimes when you're going through that life experience, uh, you're treated rather brutally when you are seen to be of lower economics than everybody else. So then we fast forward to the age of 16, where because of this experience, I graduated high school because there was no age limit at that time. 
So I started early. I graduated high school at the age of 17. So as a junior in high school, I opted for what is called the co-op program. So I got out of school at 1.30 in the afternoon as a junior. And I worked a full-time 3 to 11 shift, five days a week, at Just Born Candy Factory, so that I could have clothing, so I would stop being ridiculed by other people. Now we fast forward to the age of 21. My parents had a rule. You can live at home till you're 21. You're 21, you get married, you get out. I turned 21 December 22nd, 1973, I married Katie Grube January 12th, 1974. So it was pretty quick movement there. Well, shortly after Katie and I got married, I was in a very severe motorcycle crash. Car pulled out in front of me, motorcycle hit right in the center of the car, left arm went through the driver's window, flipped me over the car, and I slid on a stone parking lot for a lot of feet. Yeah, there was a lot of stones picked out of my knees and my hands. But what that did is it sent Katie and I, who was a senior in, high, a senior in college, and I was a bricklayer with a broken arm. You can't lay bricks with a broken arm. So for three months, we had to go on a public assistance program. It was $219 a month. Now we had to pay our rent with that, and we had to eat with that. So Pastor shared with you last week that between the love of his life and ramen noodles, he could get it done. Well, for Katie and I, it was the love and hot dogs. We ate a lot of hot dogs. Today, I only eat hot dogs on special rare occasions because I had my fill of them. But what this did was this prompted me to try to make a difference. And I truly believe that this is what the disciples were thinking today when Jesus says to them for the first time how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples' reaction was they were amazed at this. Because when we look at society and culture, we look at it in such a way that everybody wants to have some revenue, some income. Because things will surely go better if I got more money. I won't have to worry about all these things. They'll be better. They'll be more. They'll be different. That's what Pastor spoke to us last week. So with this, I went on a fishing trip to Canada. This is after I'm married and after this experience is over. So I'm up there and in that quiet, serene setting, I come to a conclusion. It wasn't a prayerful conclusion. I didn't have a relationship with God at that time. But I came to a conclusion. You know, we all have the tools to choose a priority. To to choose a priority in your life, you need three tools. You need imagination, you need intellect, and you need will. So you have to imagine what it is you want to change. And then you put forth your intellect to put together a plan of action. And then you resolve to move towards that which is desired. That's the definition of will. So when I was in Canada, I had decided that by the age of 30, I was going to be independently wealthy. 
I was not going to have to scrimp and scrape anymore. I wasn't going to have to go through all these things. I would make sure that we had the resources. My wife wanted to start a family right away at the age of 21. Our son was born at the age of 26. Because I told her, if they need special shoes, we've got to be able to buy them. So I had, I had reasoned all of these things in my mind. I made it a priority that I was going to do as much as I needed to do in order to become financially independent and not have the need for these other things. I was moving along pretty good. Just like Pastor, Pastor shared with us last week that their first year of marriage, their income was $7,000. We're twins. Our first year of marriage was $7,000. Our second year of marriage was $33,000. I got my cast off. I became a union bricklayer. My wife graduated from college. She became a teacher in the Bethlehem area school district. But we lived like it was $7,000. And we just started pushing money into piles. So we were moving along pretty rapidly on this financial independence. And then something happened. I had this pastor who was very persistent with me, and we developed an incredible friendship. And he encouraged me to study the Bible. And I shared with you a couple months ago how that all took place, that I was going to be such a wonderful grandson And I was going to study the Bible because this would be a living memorial to my grandfather. Oh, wasn't I a nice person? All the wrong motives for doing what was right. But God left me think what I wanted to think. And he allowed me to participate in this Bible study. And he began to show me things like were incredible. And as that proceeded, one day... I had the next part of scripture open up for me. Because Jesus now says how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. This time he didn't use the word rich. He wasn't talking about wealthy people. He said how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. I can hear the disciples saying, well how hard is it? It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich person to get into heaven. What happened to me in Bible study was that I realized that I claimed ownership over everything. I claimed ownership on the pathway I was going through. I was going to make our household financially independent. I, I, I. I found out that I was wrong. I was wrong. I needed to surrender everything to Almighty God. Because if I kept trying on my pathway and I was going to try to pull all those treasures and riches through the eye of a needle, I wasn't going to make it. The only way, if you've seen the children's sermon at 9.30 that the pastor did, it was absolutely perfect imagery. You have to let it go. You can't, you can't drag that stuff along because it keeps preventing you from going where God wants you to go. So what happened to me is I had an epiphany. 
I had an incredible set me free moment. I woke up one day like opening my eyes and realized that I was only the manager. I didn't own anything. God owned it. I managed it. And if I didn't manage it correctly, I could count on it getting away pretty quick. To this day, I try to take care of everything that God has given me. Why? Because am I, I'm so focused on materialism? No, I'm so thankful to my God for giving me the opportunity to have these things. So that when my brother stops over to work on his house, he says, you got this? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. It changed my whole perspective of things. I could surrender everything to the Lord. I could say to him, what do you want me to do with this? How do you want me to do this? And he has been so gracious and kind to me, just like all of you here. Because as we progress through that gospel, it tells us that Peter says, you know, we left everything. And Jesus' response is, there's nothing that you left that I won't supply in such an abundance that you will have much more than you ever had before you gave it back to God and surrendered it to him. So my encouragement to all of us today is realize you don't own a thing. At best, at best, you may be able to say, Lord, when I come to be with you, can I give this to them to manage? We don't own it. Got to let it go. Let us surrender it to the Lord. Amen. My vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence, my life.